All right, all right, all right. This is the Rockin' Reverend Todd Laddick here, and uh, I welcome you to Life-Giving Water, where I expound upon the Word of God and through the internet deliver it to you. Today I'm bringing you part three of a four-part series entitled Summer of Love with today's message entitled Loving Family based off of Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. So let us dive into the Word today. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Amen. Awesome. So, so far, we've learned what it means to be loving friends for Jesus, as well as what it means to build a loving community. Today, Jesus is inviting us to appreciate the better parts of life when they are offered. I'm going to say it again. All right, all right, all right. We should be following Jesus. We should be looking for the better parts of life when they are offered, and we should appreciate those things. Now, we are often pulled in so many different directions. We are busy in our communities with friends, and sometimes when it comes to our families, you know, we are too distracted to spend quality time together. This can happen to me very easily. As a pastor, I could always find something pulling me away from the things that matter most to me. Everyone wants a piece of my time and energy. That is the reality of being a leader in any organization, let alone a pastor. During any given week, I have my regular work of church and community meetings, worship planning, lesson planning, and sermon writing on... And on top of those things, I'm also involved in important committees at the district and, and conference levels. I serve as the, the chair of the Committee on District Superintendency for my uh, district, as well as the vice chair of the Greater New Jersey Commission on Archives and History. Some people think that my job only revolves around the local church, though I am technically appointed to the local church by my bishop and uh you know therefore if my bishop is actually doing the appointing then technically uh, as an ordained elder i'm called to also be serving the church in a more broad manner so yes i i have commitments and obligations at the local church level but I also have commitments and obligations on the broader level in the church as an ordained elder. 
And this is not only the way it it is and has to be, truly is the way it ought to be. As a part of the United Methodist Church, I should take part in in its ministries beyond just the local church. We're a connectional church. We're, we're not isolated. We're not islands. We all help each other out in, in ministry. And so that's the way it ought to be. That's the Christian way. Now, when I was serving in supervised ministry at my home church, uh, Vernon United Methodist Church is where I, I, uh, I started to answer my call into ministry. And I worked all sorts of hours, uh, between hours put in at seminary, hours put in as a youth pastor, hours put in doing administrative work during the day at the church, as well as uh, serving in the food pantry. On top of all of that, I... I also worked as a substitute teacher to help our family make ends meet, so I was a pretty busy guy, you know. Um, needless to say, it was the start of ministry for me, and it truly gave me a taste of how busy, and I say a taste because you get even busier as a pastor, but it, it gave me a taste of how busy I would one day be as a pastor. And I mean, I was super busy super busy like forget my kids busy yes yes you heard me right forget my kids busy you see one evening i was at a super long meeting at church that day i had started out at school wound my way to church for their midweek service and had a meeting following that i was tired i was exhausted completely wiped ever been there well on top of being tired at a late meeting at church i also had my daughters with me because bernadette was working um and she always worked night shifts and so we you know she was working i had the kids with me at the meeting and they were in the you know in the nursery they're they're doing their thing, coloring, and, you know, you check on them every now and again and go back to the meeting, and that was my life as a, as a, uh, a, a young, a younger person, anyway, in seminary, uh, you know, uh, working at the local church level to get my experience. So, again, the meeting, it, it finally came to an end, and I, I made sure I packed up, cleaned the meeting area up, turned off the lights and locked the church up, got in my car, drove home, got inside <gasps> oh my god i was having my very own kate McAllister moment you know the moment i'm referring to where in the movie home alone kate realized she left her son kevin home alone well katie and lorian were not home alone they were home of worship alone I forgot my daughters. Thankfully, Highland Lakes is a lot closer to Vernon than Francis to Chicago, so I went back and got them and they were fine, but the terror I had realizing I had left them in the nursery coloring and whatnot. But man, was that scary. Not cool. Not cool at all. We've all had moments of being distracted by our busyness and preoccupations. As you can tell from my own personal story, even good things like church, like church work can take us away from enjoying things we say we prioritize in our life, in our life. For instance, 
At the time, we're too busy getting this ready or that ready to notice the new person standing alone. Or there are those times that we realize we haven't seen so-and-so at church for eons and you're only just stopping to notice now. You know, as a pastor, I hate to admit this, but that happens. You know, you get so busy and sometimes you, you, know, you stop and you're like, gee, I haven't seen somebody in a couple months. I hope they're okay. My goodness. And then you call them, but you, you feel terrible as a pastor. You know, like I should have noticed a lot sooner than that. But, you know, you just get busy. These things aren't intentional. However, if we're not careful, precious opportunities will pass us by as we work and work and work and work away. Needless to say, we can be easily distracted by obligations, expectations, and responsibilities, and we can miss opportunities to enjoy relationships and simply be in the moment. You know what I mean? To just simply be. To simply be in the moment. We often especially miss out on opportunities to be with those closest to us. Why is this? Because we take for granted that our loved ones will always be there. They simply form part of the background of our lives. That's a great thing. But oftentimes, the background can end up on the back burner. Or, you know, they, or we put off spending quality time with them until everything else is done. Have you ever done that? Put people on the back burner and only spend quality time with them until everything else is done? Quote, unquote. And friends, <laughs> dudes, dudettes, let's be honest. When is quote, everything else, end quote, ever over. Never, never. Everything else is never over. There's always something else, always something to distract you, to take your mind off of the things that matter most, to pull you away from the people that matter most. Never, never is everything else done. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, Martha misses the opportunity to be with Jesus. But she also misses the opportunity to be with Mary and to enjoy what Jesus calls the better part. It is not that what Martha has chosen to do is wrong or bad. Heck no. In fact, it's necessary work. And she feels so strongly about this, very, very strongly, to the point that she thinks Mary should be doing the same. Martha is focused on being productive, of serving and entertaining her guest, not to have the guest entertain her. Hmm. Like Martha... Like Martha, when we become distracted, we take for granted that our way 
is the only way and can miss opportunities to connect with loved ones. Now within our families, we all have roles. In this scripture, Martha's role within her family is more activity-oriented. She actively serves in the home and or community. Mary's role in this account is more con- contemplative, contemplative, excuse me, more contemplative or contemplative, depending on which way you pronounce it, to have quiet time with Jesus. By becoming overly focused on her role, Martha has actually missed an opportunity to not only connect with Jesus, but also with her sister. While she's busy doing this or that, the entire moment, the entire opportunity is passing her by. That's not to say she shouldn't have done any work. But at what point is the work too much? The point of this scripture passage is not that we should be still and listen 100% of the time. Rather, when we are willing to think critically about our roles, we need not always get caught up in them. You know? We realize that, yes, it's important to serve, but it's also important to be served. We can be intentional about when it is important to prioritize other things, particularly time with those closest to us. That's the point. Not to listen 100% of the time, but don't not listen 100% of the time as well. This is an opportunity for us to look at what roles we have in our families and communities, as well as to recognize the roles of others. If we find ourselves distracted or dissatisfied, maybe this is a chance to change the ways we usually interact with family. Sometimes we have opportunities to share in service, but default to our usual roles. But how might we as a church family explore how to better appreciate how others serve? And if you're in a different church community than mine, this question still applies. How might you explore and how might your church community explore how to better appreciate how, to, how others serve? Be it through study and contemplation, hands-on mission, leading worship, taking care of the building, or whatever it is that we do. How can we join our gifts together to better serve Jesus? How might we experiment with doing something outside of our ordinary roles so we can experience Jesus more fully and in different ways? Just recently, Kathleen and I switched roles, and I was liturgist while she preached. It was awesome, man. Awesome. What if we all worked together, learned to share, and functioned like a functional family? A loving family is not just a family that serves, but one that shares in service in fellowship, in being served, and in just about everything else that the family does.
let us work toward drawing even closer together with those around us uh, in our church, in our community, in our homes. Let us draw even closer as a, as a family union, unit so that we can together transform this world for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we're just so thankful for this opportunity to be here and to just to be tuning into this and to be challenged by this message. Lord, we ask that you use us in the ways that you see fit, and we ask that you encourage us to be the best disciples that we can be for your glory and the, and the coming kingdom. Lord, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. As always, if this is your main source of uh, spiritual feeding and you would like to contribute, please do. You can see the links in the episode notes below. Um, if this is supplemental and you have another community you belong to, by all means, uh, support them, please. And if you have a little extra and you want to support us, we would definitely uh, appreciate it. But in all things, friends, remember, the grace of God is free for all. Amen.